We're live. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Chuck and Shoop. Yes, sir. I am Chuck. I'm Shoop. And we're just going to confuse the hell out of you today. Yeah, um, that's how we do it. Get you we thinking. Got, we got a, a great episode. We did this last year. We did a little college football preview, a little rundown. Went pretty well. Uh, one of Chuck's sleepers teams ended up being the sleeper team in TCU. So he might be looking for a little rerun this year. Ain't that right? Oh, I'm I'm ready. I got some teams that are looking to make a buzz. So I'm ready to share that. Yes, but before we share our college football predictions, we have a little bit of buzz going around about some W's and some L's that have been happening yeah. around the league, around the world, that is. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to do a little different. We're going to start with the L's today. So, Chuck, hit us with your L, and let's get this shit started. Uh, this this actually might be L of the month. Um, I don't know if anybody has heard this. Everybody should hear about this. This this is a huge story right now. Um, remember the Blind Side, right, Shoop? Uh, very good movie. That was like great movie. Two two thousand eight. Sandra Bullock. She did a great job. Um, it's a story about left tackle Michael Orr. Um, you know he gets a adopted by this family and then he goes on to have a successful football career um after this family adopts him and shows him the way but now it just turns out that that whole movie was an entire lie and it's actually insane to hear this today because i would love that movie and now i'm like i'm sitting here i'm like yeah that that was all a lie like jesus christ the story is that um so Michael Orr, whose life depicted on the 2009 film, says in a lawsuit that he was never fully adopted by the family, the Tuies, that took him in, and he was swindled into signing away his decision-making powers at 18. And it's called a conservatorship. And I did, like, research into this, a little research, but mostly, like, they just signed this thing, and the whoever takes care of him or whatever has rights to all his uh, financial earnings. So now he's suing the family, and it's a fucking shitstorm, and that movie was all a lie. The blindside lie. So, Look, I've seen terrible. This, I've seen this way too many times where they have the most obvious setups for the most obvious sequels. So when we see Blindside 2, Electric Boogaloo, come out in theaters in like six months, we'll know what the real setup was. But, yeah, anyway, very, 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 very shitty situation all around. Huge L to the over, to the over family to taking advantage of a kid who didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. And basically, I mean, this was an already wealthy family. And now they just yeah. have more dollar signs in their eyes. It's just very corrupt. And it's, uh, it's, they, they're, uh, they're definitely going to hell. So that's fucked up. Yeah, and I can't imagine how he feels after uh, finding out, either finding out, out about this now, or like if he hadn't found out about it, but he kept it secret. It's a lot to take in, especially now that football is way past him. There has so to be, there's definitely always more to the story, but he should definitely get his money for at least the movie. Because what I was reading, he didn't get shit from the movie. So, 
Oh yeah, he needs to. I mean, yeah. he wasn't very good at left tackling, I felt to be fair. So wherever he can get the money from, he Facts. should do that. Um, so I, my L is going to go to for some preseason football. Um, and we had some good action this past weekend. We had a lot of starters play. We had a lot of interesting rookies play. But one guy I was very interested in seeing was one Trey Lance, who was the former third overall pick. And in my eyes, it never really felt like he got a fair shot at the starting job. Uh, he was he was back up to to Jimmy G. They let him they let him sit, and then he gets hurt in his second ever game. And Brock Purdy comes in and steals the show. So I'm like, is this Trey Lance hate deserved? Well, he went up against Aiden O'Connell, the Raiders' fourth round rookie backup. And yet it was O'Connell who looked like the third overall pick yeah. and not Lance. Lance had some very ugly throws, including his touchdown, which bounced off the hands of a defender and was thrown in the middle of two defenders, somehow landed in the 49ers' arms for a touchdown. But Lance's biggest problem was that he was just holding onto the ball way too long. He was sacked four times in that preseason action. And it's not like the Raiders had some ferocious pass rush that they were they were yeah. sending out there. It Lance, he looks like a guy that hasn't played a lot of football in the last four years, and he hasn't. I mean, he didn't really play that. He didn't have a ton of starts at North Dakota State, and since coming to the NFL, he's barely started, and it's really showing. Um, and you know, you wonder like. Like a bunch of things about Trey Lance, like why does his hairline look like it does at his age, and <laughs> why, what has he been doing this entire time? Yeah, trying to get ready. Is he really about to get beat out by Sam Darnold for the QB two job? Definitely. It, it's it's an L for Trey Lance, but it's really an L for the Forty ers because mm-hmm. they traded all that draft capital to go up and get him, and they're not using him. And they and I guess they kind of got lucky by having literally the last pick in the draft perform like they did, but they better hope he's not some sort of one season wonder and he actually keeps up because otherwise, now the Niners we're going to talk about a great roster that just never got the QB right, and that would be terrible if their season ended because a quarterback uh, literally botched in one game or, or the last play of the season. And also like the him not playing a lot of games, like real quick, he didn't play he played two games in college in 2020. 2021 he started I think like maybe three and then got injured last year. So like really five full game experiences in four years. I don't think that's really going to cut it for a starting quarterback of a team of that caliber. Yeah. Well at the end of the day I guess He's getting paid, so yeah. better start buying up that road game. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll have money for that. He'll have money for that. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna go. To, we were gonna go to W's, but um, we have a, a big W that's gonna combine for both of us, and that is surprise. It's our college football rankings. Nowhere does and L's. We're gonna cook right into this. College football is. Coming up very quickly around the corner, we got about less than two weeks at this point. 
Yeah. Uh, so until week zero in Notre Dame and Navy. August 26th, baby. We are all very excited. And I know you guys are thinking, what's the point of this? Don't the same teams win every year? Well, they do. But we're still going to cover it all. So before we get into the thick of it, let's summarize it up. Chuck, going into this college football season, what is your headline? My headline right off the bat is, can teams leaving their conferences this year, Power 5 teams, can they be successful to end the year strong moving out of their conferences? Can these teams that are leaving prove to us fans that they're worth leaving their own conferences? They can end dominating their own conferences and then come into the next conference and be just as competitive as the one they were just in. So I'm looking at, you know, the team, I'm looking at teams like from the Pac-12, which is now the Pac-4. Uh, Oregon's going to the Big Ten. UCLA is going to the Big Ten. USC is going to the Big Ten. Washington's going to the Big Ten. And then we got also leaving Pac-12. Arizona's going to the Big 12. Arizona State going to the Big 12. I don't know why the fuck Colorado's leaving, but I guess because of Dion, who knows, but they're going to the Big 12. Utah's going to the Big 12. And then there's Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. God knows if they can survive in that conference. I might like if these teams can't all be at least like nine or at, at most nine win. Like if they're not a nine win team, like these teams leaving, like I don't, I don't know how it's going to shape up for these teams leaving the conference. Um, how are they going to like, how are these like, isn't the big 12 is going to be like a 16 team conference. I don't know how they're going to orchestrate the playoffs, what what have you. Like, it's going to be a shit show. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But it's going to be a shit show if these teams aren't competitive whatsoever. So my whole thing is I'm expecting a lot of these teams to come out on top in their conferences if they're talking a big game about moving on to a more prominent conference. So we'll see how the Power Five pans out this season. Hey, and uh, if anyone out there has watched the uh, Johnny Manziel documentary that recently came out on Netflix, uh, one thing that they go over was how Texas A&M was in the midst of transition into the SEC, and they were not expected to compete at all, and it was looked at as a very bad move. And then Manziel, Manziel Mania happens, and Texas A&M now kind of remains like a perennial power in the SEC. Can any of these teams create that magic? You know, if I'm going to point to any teams to talk about, I'm looking right at Colorado with the new coach mm-hmm. and his ability to pull in recruits like Colorado has never seen before. And the Big 12 is, especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, it's kind of wide open. Oh, yeah. So one of those teams could definitely take over. Uh, my headline going into this year so we had a slew of quarterbacks go at the top of the draft uh but the main ones of course being cj shroud and bryce young and then you look at the other two guys in the uh, playoff picture with uh, stetson bennett max duggan they're also in the nfl draft so this year more than other years it's sort of like it seems like there's a lack of familiar faces at the top. Hmm. Uh, you have Caleb Williams, who 
uh, by all means, probably the Heisman favorite. Um, and his his U.S. team will be highly ranked. But all the other highly ranked teams, all of them are going through quarterback battles right now. Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama's got a three-way quarterback battle right now. Um, yeah, all, all these teams are looking to replace very high-level talents. And if not Caleb Williams, someone's going to step up and have them make a name for themselves in order to really put themselves in that Heisman picture. Uh, so that's going to kind of lead me into my next point, Chuck. Yeah. Um, who do you think could be like that breakout player that um, takes college football by storm this year? Give me a couple guys. So guys I got right now um... – this really this quarter but honestly we'll start with the quarterback position i think tennessee can have just as equal or better than the season they just had this past season with an with an even better guy than um than uh hooker um his name is um i forgot his first name but milton so last name's milton um i'm pretty sure he's a freshman and I think this guy can throw the ball fucking 80 yards in the pocket, like downfield. I saw this one throw. It was in the late game, but like guy threw it on the money and it was hanging in the air for maybe like a whole last minute. And I think they can just explode onto the field and take over. He's super athletic. Um, I also got Trey Benson from Florida. Uh, I I don't know any other running backs besides Shipley from Clemson or maybe Trey Benson, I think is going to go off from Florida state um, and win the Doak Walker award for best running back in college football. So I think those two, and then another guy I think who is also going to go off, who's very efficient last year. Um, His name's Harold Perkins jr. Out of LSU. He's a D end. And I think LSU has the guys on defense and on offense to go far. So those are my three. I like those. Uh, I'm going to go with one guy on the offensive end, one guy on the defensive end. My offensive guy is going to be Dorian Singer. He's a wide receiver from USC. He's a transfer from Arizona, so cross-conference foe. And he put up over 1,000 yards in his sophomore year with the Wildcats. So he does that, and now he goes to play with Caleb Williams, who just lost his top target in Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. So the target's got a funnel somewhere. Uh, I think Singer is a great candidate for that, and he'll definitely have something to prove, you know, uh, playing against his former conference foes. Uh, And on the defensive side, Michael Williams from Georgia, if you're really into college football recruiting, this isn't going to be a breakout name to you, but on the national scale, Georgia had to replace so much talent on the defensive end this offseason with all the players that lost to the draft. Yeah, Michael Williams was the number four overall recruit in 2022, and he did get some snaps in his freshman year, and he had something like a 20% win rate when he was on the field with his snaps. Which for a defensive end, Jeez. like you're literally you're beating your guy one out of five times as a freshman, uh, and with all the guys gone, he's going to get plenty more playing time. It won't be long till his name is in the national spotlight. So I like those two guys. I can't wait. Breakout candidates. Um, I I already talked about Caleb Williams. I think he's my Heisman favorite. Um, do you agree, or do you see anyone else possible? I I also I also have Caleb Williams. Um, 
I also saw you wrote down uh, Drake May, but I actually I actually like that pick too for Heisman. Oh yeah, definitely. If Drake, uh, and we'll talk about key games coming right up, but uh, the ACC is very much going to be a battle this year. It's not it's not clear cut who's going to win this league. Yeah. Um, and Drake May's got a couple opportunities to prove himself. First versus South Carolina early in the season. Yep. And then in the penultimate game of the season against Clemson. If North Carolina wins the games that they should win, I mean, it's going to be kind of on the defense to step up because they were horrific last year on the defensive end. But May was better in his freshman year than Sam Howell was in his best year. And Sam Howell is a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Drake May is getting a lot of buzz to be a potential top five pick in this upcoming draft. And for good reason. He's super athletic. He possesses all the traits that a modern quarterback should have nowadays with the great arm and rushing ability. Mm-hmm. Um, it's can, can he elevate the players around him? And uh, will he be able to compete against these great Clemson Florida State defenses? Uh, but He's like he's kind of a, a sexy pick for someone who doesn't want to go Caleb Williams, but yeah, I like that. Yeah, but we but Caleb Williams is right now a consensus number one overall for a reason. Super polished, uh, just elite playmaker. Uh, so I'm excited to see both of them this year. Um, so yeah. let let's start talking about conferences. So as they as the conferences stand before we go into this whole jambalaya of conference changes next year so we're gonna go conference by conference and talk who we think is gonna win so let's start let's go out west first let's go with the pack 12 mm-hmm. and, and it's final year before its demise who takes the crown so i for the pack four i'm gonna take um usc i'm gonna take usc obviously caleb williams also defensively i think they have um guys in the secondary who can play and then i don't know that you know their schedule is isn't that isn't really that good i think um they just have to take care of utah and i think they have an easy run in yeah uh watch out oh, for and you, oh, notre dame they have to play notre dame as well what am i saying well yeah that that'll be a tough game watch out for washington too if michael Penix jr uh that team will be uh a force once again but USC's got Caleb Williams and uh, Lincoln Riley. It's 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 a lethal combo. Yeah, um, and they they came pretty close last year. They were they're upset by Utah. Yeah, uh, I think you know there's, there's something to be said about a little revenge, especially exactly. for someone who's looking to prove themselves. Prove themselves the number one draft pick in the NFL next year. I got USC. Hundred percent. Yeah. Moving on to the middle of the country in the Big 12. Um, got a, a couple teams at the top that I think could win, but who are you going with? I'm – see, I like – everybody's picking Texas. A lot of people also have Kansas State um, because of their offensive line. Um, but they lost – Kansas State lost Deuce Vaughn. Um, Texas, I don't know. I feel like they're just like a snake-bitten organization right now, college football team. Um, they have to play Alabama. Oklahoma, if you look at their schedule, they play nobody out of conference. And on their side of the Big 12, they also don't play anybody. So they just have to beat Texas. And that game is on a neutral site. So 
I think Oklahoma is a shoe into the their conference game. They just got to win that game. So I think Oklahoma wins it. Yeah, Oklahoma had a very disappointing year last year. Uh, but they're yeah. gonna try get things on track to you know be, to bolster their hopes going to SEC next year. But I just look at this Texas team, and they're just so loaded on offense. They are stacked. We know about we know about Quinn Ewers, but they have two amazing receiving prospects in Xavier Worthy and Jatavian Sanders. Sanders being a tight end. Um, so even with Bajan Robinson gone, uh, they're still going to be able to move the chains effectively. Um, and they got some talent on the defensive front, too. It's going to be hard to run the ball against them. Uh, so I like Texas, but I do agree that Oklahoma might be a little bit slept on this year because of how poorly they performed, but I could definitely see them being a bounce-back candidate. And they I got... See... Uh... Yeah, what are you saying? Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I don't see... With the with the, the amount of talent that Kansas State and TCU lost, I don't see either of them um, coming close to their championship appearance last year. I agree, and I was just about to add, um, Oklahoma also they got like eight transfers for for defense. So hopefully they improve on defense because that was what killed them last year, which was insane. Yeah, that would be big. Uh, now moving on to. Big Ten. Big Ten has been a two-horse race for quite some time, even though those two teams kind of reside in the same division. Uh, and they're at the AP poll came out today, and those teams are two and three. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're going to go with one of those teams or maybe a dark horse. I, I'm actually going to go, even though I am an Ohio State fan, I'm going to go with Michigan because they just – I think they just have the better roster all around, and they got they got the quarterback uh, all situated all situated with um, uh, McNamara, and then um, Blake Corum's coming back, um, and on defense, I'm pretty sure they they have mostly all their starters coming back too. Ohio State, it's only like I feel like it's just the quarterback position that's the big question mark for Ohio State, and as well, I mean they do have. Marvin Harrison Jr. and um uh Mbuke. Well, how did I say his name right? Emeka Ebuka. Ebuka. So yes, and then you have Iowa who will just run the ball down your throat and like play good, really good defense and always upset either Michigan or Ohio State. And then I mean, and then there's Penn State, but no, nah, but Penn State's overrated. So I am gonna go with Michigan because I just think they have the better team. Yeah, it's – I just can't even – from a non-biased perspective. Yeah. I really just can't imagine oh, Ryan Day keeping his job if Ohio yeah. State does not beat Michigan this year. Yeah, no definitely how, well, how many times they make the playoffs, you know, um, it's a big deal to for, for the, the tables to turn like that. And I really think it's got to get in some of these players' heads, you know. Like we we can't we can't let them get us again. So uh, that's my reasoning for taking Ohio State. Although it's not just a quarterback situation, but their whole offensive line got purged in the draft as well. Yeah, both their tackles, their center. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of changes up front there. But I do Johnson. trust. I do trust the development. The weapons are just unbelievable. Like yeah, it's gross. Once again, Marvin Harrison and Ebuka running backs. They're going to be first-round receivers again. Travion Henderson, 
will be a first round running back. Uh, if they can get good production out of their secondary, because that's mm-hmm. what's killed them against the game in the game against Michigan. Yeah. Then the t- the tables might turn in their favor this year. Uh, but it's hard to say I'm not biased. So uh, no, I'll leave that. And now um, I, I meant I meant to say McCarthy. I don't know why I said McNamara. I was gonna say that, but I think McNamara was like a couple years ago. Yeah, they yeah. They gotta stop. Dra- they gotta stop getting Irish. It's the same guy. So it's just the same guy. Yeah, they're fucking clones. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to ACC. ACC is a very intriguing. One. I think we got three teams at the top who um, are making all the headlines. Uh, so out of them. Or maybe not of them. Maybe you got a surprise team. Who do you think is your winner? I got ACC. I got Clemson. And hot take here. They might go. I think they might go 15 and out. Because not only do they have. um, I mean, they got the great running back with Shipley. I think they still have a good D line. They have one of the top um, linebacker cores in the country. Uh, I forgot their names, but one of them is number 17. But also, I think. I don't think like I'm trying to think of other teams that have superior defenses to Clemson in that conference. I think Clemson just wipes the floor with every other defense. And then I, I mean, matchup wise, like everyone's going to throw the football. I feel, I feel like in that conference. So I think they're just going to have a field day and also um, their quarterback situation. I don't know. uh, His last name's Kublik or something. He might start, but there's also another guy. Um, forgot his last name, uh, Vincenzo or something. It's Italian, but he also might be a stud. So watch out for that quarterback situation in Clemson. So they got Shipley and they're going to fucking run around everybody. I, I really wanted to put North Carolina here, uh, because of the Drake may hype, but I just don't think they made, they, they have enough recruiting talent on that defense. Um, and you didn't go for Florida State, and Florida State is uh, – I, I love Florida State this year. Uh, they've done a really good job rebuilding this program. And Jordan Travis coming in this year, I think he's going to be one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch in all of college football. Mm-hmm. And he's got very – he's got absolutely terrific weapons too. Trey Benson at running back, Johnny Wilson at wide receiver. Uh, and then you got potentially the best defensive player in all of college football and Jared Verse on the DN. Uh there's a lot of talent that has years of playing with each other. And I'm just not very sold on Clemson. Uh, you, you did mention that they got a couple studs at quarterback, but um, it's the program is, isn't where it was a few years ago. Um, and I think it's right for the taking for either Florida state or North Carolina, whoever steps up. But I mm-hmm. think Florida state's got a little bit more NFL talent that will Help them squeak by. Um, Coaching right. too. I do like. I do like the, the Florida State's coach. Yeah, who, who know? That was a little crazy. That was a little too like. He's a bit of a whack job. Yeah, my liking. I, he is a whack job. I right. like that. Yeah, and we're gonna end things off with the SEC for our division predictions. Yeah, is anyone top in Georgia? I got LSU. I got LSU all the way. I think they have a very easy schedule. 
Um, I was looking at it. I think they beat Alabama again. Again, I think I, I'm basing it off the quarterback situation. Jalen Daniels, I think he's just going to go off, and then um, Kelly's going to have his his guys in the order. I believe in him coming off his first year where he beat Alabama. I think he'll do it again. Um, I think they go like I think they go twelve and zero or eleven and one, um, and then they get to the championship and. Hopefully, um, my actually one of my dark horses. I hopefully they play South Carolina, or are they? I don't think they're in the same. Are they in the same? Uh, I think they are. I think they do play. But okay, but uh, mentioning a dark horse, South Carolina. Yeah, then that may or may not be correct. We'll fact check that later. But yeah, shout out Spencer Rattler, rebounding his career. Yeah. Um, But I, I. I think Georgia is starting to turn into the new Alabama with the amount of defensive talent that they've accumulated. Um, and I really like Carson Beck. I think he's um, a prime candidate to become a Heisman contender out of, out of this whole group of quarterbacks competing against each other. Yeah, Alabama's got a lot of uncertainty right now. Uh, they're definitely a little bit shook from uh, – the Georgia uprising and there's a three quarterback battle going on and nobody has a lead right now, which is a little bit concerning considering where, like where we are at this point in the off season. So yeah. uh, a lot of uncertainty there. A lot of uncertainty there. I, I, I like LSU, uh, but they have a very tough schedule, um, especially playing Florida state um, in a neutral site. It's, uh, so, they would have to make up a lot of ground in the tough SEC in order to be able to to uh, to accomplish winning the SEC. I think Georgia's got they have an extremely easy out conference schedule. So if they just run through the rest of their games, which the hardest game is at Tennessee, and that's really it, and yeah. they win the SEC championship, I think it's a cakewalk for them. I like that. Okay. All right. So before we before we end things. Uh, we will finish off of our top four, um, but let's get some bull predictions in for this season. What's one thing that you you think will one bull prediction you have for the college football season? Um, bold prediction. Uh, I would say uh, Notre Dame uh, winning the national championship. That they have a very difficult schedule too. They got to play Ohio State and USC. Yeah, they have That's the re- they have the entire resume shoot. They got the quarterback. They got the um the best class in from twenty twenty two. So this year they're all redshirt freshmen or sophomores, or actually yeah they're all well, they would be redshirt freshmen. So I am expecting a lot. They only lost um their best player was their tight end. And then they got an upgrade with a prolific quarterback in um, what's his in Sam Hartman. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure, but so yeah. I'm locked in on Notre Dame. Um, let's see for my bull prediction, and this is gonna like, I think it's gonna shock you a little bit. Uh, but I think there's a very good chance that Penn State surprises and wins. Oh, they're my overrated team. I I love the talent on this team. And 
I could easily see a scenario where Michigan and Ohio State cannibalize each other. I mean, Ohio State's got to play. They got to play at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's going to be seeking revenge. It's going to be a very tough game. Uh, and uh, let's say that happens, they lose, and then Michigan or Ohio, and Ohio State comes in and beats Michigan. Uh, I love the talent on the both sides of the ball for the Penn yeah. State for the Penn State side. Uh, specifically, like uh, only Fashu, whatever is whatever the offensive tackle name is. No, I know. Yeah, he's a beast. I know you're talking about. He's a beast. Chop Robinson. Uh, yeah, King Chop. At corner, King at corner. They got some real studs on this team, and they always produce good running backs and and uh, wide receivers. Uh, I I don't. I think they're being a little bit slept on, and I'm interested to see why you think they're overrated. I just don't know who's playing quarterback for them. I have no idea. We don't know who, who's going to play quarterback for any of these teams. Exactly. Fair. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, let's before we end things, let's get our top four. So yes. I'm going to start with my top four. Um, I got Georgia going coming in number one overall. Okay. Undefeated. Okay. Uh, I have Ohio State. I have Florida State, and I have USC. And I think the final will be Georgia versus Florida State. And I have Florida State as my national champion. Okay. Okay. Um, I have at one, Michigan. I think they go undefeated. I think LSU, two, also goes undefeated. I think USC gets in, but they go 11-1. and one. I think they lose to Notre Dame. And then I think Notre Dame goes 11-1, and one and they get in at the end of the season because they beat USC. And then no, I'm picking Notre Dame as my champion this year. You know, to, to cap this all off, this I think this season might be one of the more exciting ones. I'm ex- I'm so pumped. In, in a long time because yeah. there's so much uncertainty and there's been a lot more crazy upsets uh, as of recent. And it's the last uh, final four that we'll have before the new playoff and the new conferences come yeah. about. So I think we're going to see some chaos, some March Madness-like chaos this year. And I am super thrilled for it. I'm super thrilled to see who makes a name for himself. I want to see more crazy Marvin Harrison catches. But mm-hmm. most of all, I'm, just, I'm glad football is right around the corner. Oh, dude, I'm so happy football's back. A um, lot of week one games. Um, there's week zero. I, there's only just like Notre Dame Navy. Week one, we got Florida, Utah Thursday night. We got Nebraska, Minnesota Thursday night. Colorado plays TCU. We'll see how Coach Prime does to open up the season. I'm fucking jacked up. Shoot, Labor Day weekend's about to be fucking blast. Ohio State, Indiana, North Carolina versus South Carolina. And then it closes up on Sunday. We got a five versus an eight. LSU versus Florida State. That is going to be a huge title implication, especially yeah. for our pick. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then it's going to get hot right off the bat. It's going to be hot. And a couple of games I want to highlight, um, FSU at Clemson in week four will be um, huge for that division race. Ohio State, Notre Dame, same week. Huge for the playoff implications for both our teams. Underrated matchup, week two, Ole Miss at Tulane. Tulane is the highest ranked mid-major. And if Tulane wins that game against Ole Miss in any sort of convincing fashion, we could see Tulane maybe sneak in. Uh, to the top four, possible. 
Hey, I'm I'm all for it. Honestly, I'm I'm good with the madness. I'm good with yeah. it. We love the madness, but we love the fact that you tune in. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Post us on your socials. More than anything, keep listening to us. And Chuck, what do you have to say to all our fans out there? Um, everybody, uh, let's have a great week. Um, football season is upon us. Uh, we don't have to watch baseball anymore in our free time. Fuck yeah. Let's don't. let's get ready. Fantasy owners, get your teams ready. Get your shit ready. Uh, it's time to draft soon. Hell yeah. And we might talk about fantasy pretty soon, but oh, we'll now, have our pickums. We'll have our pickums. We'll have our pickums, yes. But for now, thank you for tuning in. I'm Shoop. I'm Chuck.